Rated movies. <laughs> I'm one half of your spooktacular hosting team, Matt Fisher. And I am the other half, Ryan Whedon. <laughs> and here we are at the uh, premiere episode of our Schlocktoberfest spectacular. We are now officially hex rated boobies <laughs> for a couple episodes at least. Yeah, for a little while. Yeah. Duration of this fabulous month. I see you've decorated your place with spider webs, changed all the curtains to black lace. There's a coffin in the corner now. All the pumpkins were already here, though. Right. That's part of my natural decor. Yeah. And, uh, well, actually, so were the cobwebs. Oh, okay. You know, and the spider webs. Yeah, those spiders are looking real, real. And that pile of bones in the corner, of course, is there all the time, but you know that. Yeah. There's a werewolf. <laughs> roaming about <laughs> ferocious looking but yeah last year we did all horror movies for the month of october and i quite enjoyed it yeah, same here i tend to like this time of year because it feels right to watch horror movies do you watch horror movies all year round i used to but i don't as much anymore i think because last year i kind of got burnt a little bit by watching the leprechaun franchise <laughs> There's no good movie in that franchise. Mm. Like, usually with Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween, Final Destination, there's at least like one good movie that propels it forward Mm -hmm. that the franchise builds off of somewhere along the lines, or at least continues the momentum of the franchise. And it just doesn't have that. Like, there's just no one movie in there that's really any good at all in, like, any metric. It's like the first one's bad but watchable, and they just kind of get worse from there. And so by the time, like, you're getting to, like, the second time the leprechaun goes to the hood, you're really scraping the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. Well, I actually think the first time that he goes to the hood is the worst. Uh, that's the one where the leprechaun raps at the end. Oh, okay. I come from the land of the Irish Spring. Dublin's the place. Weren't you also kind of working your way through Toby Hooper's? Oh, God, I blocked that one out. Yeah, those Toby Hooper movies were really bad. I'm sorry to hear that. So that's probably what stopped me from watching horror movies for almost a year. I had a bunch that I was watching last October and then also you know we watched horror movies for this podcast all last October so by the end I was feeling a little burnt out on them mm-hmm. but uh, I don't know like this time of year I just want to that's all I want to watch mm-hmm. I just want to watch scary movies and uh, you know get freaked out yeah it's like the days are getting shorter so like you're a little bit more aware of the darkness mm-hmm. this is like the time of year that I feel like spiders are coming out so you're like you're already like a little on guard about things like yeah. watching where you step, keeping your eyes peeled for unsavory things. So I don't know. It just kind of feels like scary movies are an extension of that. But there's no reason you can't enjoy them all year round. I just, I don't know if they fit the mood this time of year. No, I used to just uh, throw myself into horror movies year round and then just like double up in October. But mm-hmm. you know, sometimes, and I've mentioned this before on the podcast, like sometimes I just feel like, 
the best movies out there are either ones that haven't been made or ones that I've already seen. Mm. And boy, last year with horror movies, I really, really <laughs> felt that one. Today, we watched a horror movie that you haven't seen. Yeah, and I'm going to say that it's, it's like, did not dispel <laughs> my concern. You don't think The Pact is one of the greatest movies ever made, Matt? I, de- I, I don't even think it's in the top 10,000. <laughs> well, how dare you? <laughs> if I had to list up. All the movies I've ever what, seen. What are the 9,999 <laughs> movies above it? Go. <laughs> uh, in general or just horror movies? All of them. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, 9,999. <laughs> uh, Leprechaun Part 4. <laughs> Leprechaun in Space. Yeah. No, I hear ya. I watched it a long time ago. And... Uh, I'll tell you, I'll get into why I still think it's kind of scary, but watching it this time with the critical eye, I was like, oh man, there's a lot of, there's a lot of problems with this movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, number one, I forgot about all the like um, paranormal stuff that's involved with it. That's the how. majority of the movie. I know. I don't, I don't know. I think I was just blinded by the, the twist at the end that the actual like ghost part of it was just, I don't know. I breezed past it somehow. Because I, I tend to laugh at kind of at ghost stuff generally. Oh, I mean, there's still a ghost, but it's like the ghost isn't the villain in the movie. Yeah. Like it's just a... It's a, a helpful ghost. <laughs> it's Casper. It's Casper, yeah. Casper, the friendly ghost, the friendliest ghost you know. And as a 50s religious housewife. Yeah. And Casper Van Dien wasn't in it nearly as much. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're talking as... about that Casper. <laughs> he wasn't in it nearly as much as he should have been, and he wore way too many clothes and had way too much of a beard. I know. I looked up his filmography, because, of course, I really only know him from uh, Starship Troopers, where he's a babe. Right. And I guess he's in Sleepy Hollow, which I have no memory of. The Tim Burton movie? Yeah. As who? I don't know. I didn't get that far. Hmm. He has been in 81 other movies. Really? Yeah, and they're all either really crappy B-horror movies or Christmas films. <laughs> hmm. So he's a he's a holiday movie kind of guy. Yeah, he like churns out like six movies a year. Wow. Hardworking man. Yes. <laughs> Just, we don't see it. <laughs> and yeah, this is the third movie of his that I've ever seen. Yeah, he's the biggest name in this too, which uh, everybody else is just who? Who are yeah, you? Yeah, I have no idea who anyone else who, is. Who's in that? This. The acting's fine. Mm, that's like it's very generous of you. <laughs> I feel like it was fine. I did like the girl who plays the sort of creepy spiritual one, Stevie. Oh yeah, Haley, which Haley Hudson is her name. <sighs> Good casting there, at least. I was confused by Stevie. Because uh, Annie goes over to that house to get Stevie, mm-hmm. and they're playing loud music, but it's like, 
industrial noise music? Yeah. It's not like they're listening to heavy metal or something that you think they would be. And, like, judging from, like, how the house looks and, like, the surroundings of it and, like, the fact that there just seems to be, like, three random dudes playing video games. Mm-hmm. I thought this was a drug house. Yeah, it looked like they were selling, they were stealing cell phones, though, or something. Okay, and I thought Stevie, because of the way that they were, like, guarding her, was going to be some, like, doped-up chick that, like, the household just, like, used for sex. Mm. Like, that's the impression that I got. Still could like, be. <laughs> well, because But Steve, they were very protective of her. They were very protective, but I thought it was, like, they were protective of her because, like, they thought, like, she might be a cop or something. Oh, because, I don't know, it just seemed like a sketchy household. Yeah. Like, it didn't seem like there was a streak of uh, maternalism running through them or, like, no. protectivism. It seemed like they were doing illegal shit and they didn't want people nosing around. I mean, I, I did like Stevie, but, yeah, she she looks like she's doped up or dying or something. <laughs> was she blind, too? There's, like, I get the impression that she's maybe blind. Yeah, they they give the implication. Like, they don't say it, but it's, like, they have to like guide her around, but it's when like she poured that tea later. She had to like ho- hold where the cup was and stuff. Yeah, so. and it almost looked like she like burnt like a little tea like poured on her hand. Yeah, yeah. No, I got the impression that she was blind, but they didn't say that. Okay, that's good. That's showing, not telling. But of course, like all blind people in movies, they have special other abilities that make up for that <laughs> loss of one sentence. Yeah. So she can sort of into it and feel things and see things that we can't. Right. <laughs> there was a terrible moment of telling and not showing, though, a little bit later. It, well, it was in the tea making scene because she was like, oh, yeah, basically explaining like everything that had happened in the previous scene. The presence told me that your mother did something. Something that she didn't want anyone to know about. But, the, but this thing was trying to kill us, wasn't it? No, it was trying to show us something. Once you understand what it wants you to know, you'll be free of it. Okay. <laughs> like, thank you, Captain Exposition. <laughs> yeah, apparently, so this movie apparently was a short. It was like a 20-minute short that got optioned into a movie. Like, someone was like, oh, you want to make this into a full length? And it does kind of have those that feel to it. Like, it feels like they sort of just kept adding pieces onto it until it was 90 minutes long. I want to know what part of it was the short. Yeah. Because it, there is this ghost element to it, but then it's there's the non-ghost element to it that's like the mystery part. So I'm confused as to like where the short ends and the rest of the movie begins. I don't know. Would it be the part where we discover that somebody's been living in the home the whole time, or would it be just all the ghostly stuff? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, watching it this time, I did kind of like that some of the like creepy stuff that's going on in the house could be the ghost or it could be the person that's living in the house it's kind of like either or going on whereas like at first you're sort of led to believe that it's all a ghost element Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, which to me is what makes the fact that it is an actual person living there the creepy part yeah because at the very beginning it's nicole and she's talking with her sister annie who later becomes the star of the movie Mm And you're getting you're you're getting all the classic dysfunctional family tropes. A strange mother, check. Like, oh, I can't believe like you're gonna forgive mom after how she treated us. So you got family abuse, check. Yep. Uh, there's references to uh, 
Drug Nicole abuse. sobriety. Yeah. So you got substance abuse. Check. Feuding siblings. Check. Secrets. Check. Like all these things that like are just the tropes of a dysfunctional family are just like jammed into this little phone conversation. Yeah. 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 And then, uh, yeah. So Nicole calls home because she wants to talk to her kid, FaceTime her kid, say goodnight. Um, and then that's when the first like kind of creepy moment happens. Also, bad mom alert. Like she like FaceTimes and the babysitter's like, oh, I just put her down. And the mom's like, well, wake her up. I want to say goodnight to her. Yeah. Like, no, kid's fucking asleep. She looks tired, too. Like, when they come in, she's like, no. And she's yeah. like, your mom wants to talk to you. And, like, the mom's even like, oh, I'm using the neighbor's internet. So, like, this might cut out. Like, really? <laughs> Bad mom alert. Bad mom alert. Yeah. But it does sort of lead into the first. It's not even a scare, though. No, yeah. Like, she's walking around with the laptop trying to get a better signal. And the daughter's like, mommy, who's that behind you? You don't even see it. You just see that the closet door is open. Yeah. And, of course, the closet door is just pitch black. Yeah, you can't see in there. Cut to opening credits. I don't know. There wasn't really an opening credits. Uh, but so Annie uh, shows up at the house. She decides to come to her mom's funeral. And um, Nicole is nowhere to be found. We should describe the house a little bit. It's sort of like a 50s, 60s style classic home. Very suburban. World War II like recovery house yeah like furnished very 70s 60 70s yeah style. like like this house was probably built in the late 1950s kids started probably getting popped out in the mid 1960s and then you know once the kids were out of the house by 1979 that's where the furnishing stayed yeah something like that yeah and i knew houses like this growing mm-hmm. up it just struck me as like very sort of rust belt standard like what houses looked like in the suburbs you know through the middle of the century yeah you've seen houses like this yeah but there's like a kind of a hallway that goes in a circle around the house and there's sort of like this area in the middle and you kind of get an idea for the layout of the house a lot because we following people around as they walk around in the house so it is creepy when like one time we see this door closed and then they go and do a loop and when they come back around they see that this door is open like that's sort of creepy oh no they did it in the sixth sense better all right um fair enough so she's in this house Things are just, I don't know. She keeps hearing things, but then she sort of like blows them off as like the house settling or something like that. Which those old houses, to be fair, are very creaky and old and do sort of settle. It happens. And I mean, like you talk yourselves out of that stuff. But one time she comes out and she sees like a pickle jar on the floor. Yeah. And like butter was like, like full bars of butter were like thrown on the floor. Yeah. The pickle jar was open. She put the pickles back in the jar. I gross. I know. Yeah. I saw that. I'm like, are you really going to eat those floor pickles? <laughs> Sick. Yeah, gross, lady. I mean, that's what makes this a horror movie. <laughs> like I love pickles as next as much as the next lady, but, you know, come on, have some dignity. God, these must be like bubbies or something. <laughs> <laughs> these pickles are worth their weight in gold, they are. <laughs> You can't just throw out a pickle. <laughs> so, you know, creepy stuff's happen in the house. Kind of unexplained. So then she, like, goes to her mom's funeral, and uh, that's where she sees 
babysitter who seems like her cousin or something. I don't know who she is. She's taking care of the little kid while Nicole is dead. (laughs) (laughs) And brings the kid to the funeral. And uh, they're like, let's get out of here. This sucks. So they go back to the house. And what's her name? Cousin ends up spending the night. And these, I feel like, are some pretty good scares here. There's one jump scare in particular that I knew was coming, and it still freaked me out. Where it's like, babysitter's asleep. She hears some noise and kind of stirs, but then, like, looks up, doesn't see anything, and then goes back to bed. And we just have this, like, shot of the open doorway. And then it, like, quick pans to the left. And there's, like, a you just see part of a silhouette of somebody standing there. Yeah, just a, a yeah, a shadowy figure. Like, you really only see its, like, arm yeah. on the side of him. Like, that freaks me out. Yeah, that was a little scary. <laughs> You'll concede that one? <laughs> yeah. Okay. But then, like, I don't know, some sort of paranormal stuff starts happening where, like, Annie's getting lifted off the floor and... No. It's like Inception when JGL is, like, fighting in, like, the hallway. Yeah. It's like that except, like, the hallway is, like, 50 feet. Yeah, it's like wire work inside the house, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they, they splurged and got like a room rotator for this thing. Yeah. I'm sure that's exactly what IFC can afford to do. <laughs> At first, it seems like, I don't know, the ghost is trying to do something bad to her. But spoiler alert, we find out that the ghost is just trying to point out stuff to her. Yeah, because she gets a knife and the knife ends up being like jammed into a wall. Right. And I'm kind of over that thing. I'm like, why isn't she grabbing that knife? Yeah. And she never grabs that knife. She just runs out. Uh, but then she runs back because the baby starts crying. Right. And she gives a very good, like, like sort of like, oh, fuck, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can see the conflict in her for a minute, too. She's like, should I go back? It's not my kid. <laughs> All right. <laughs> So she goes, gets the kid, goes to the police, blah, blah, blah. That's when Casper comes in. Not the friendly ghost, but the friendly police officer. <laughs> and uh, guy's an ice cream fanatic. You know what I do now when I get the urge? Yeah, I guess that's a plot point. I thought he should be fatter. If he was Every time he had an urge to smoke, he would eat a little thing of ice cream. I mean, realistically, yes, his character should be fatter. But as it's Casper Van Dien, he should be thinner, hotter, and less clad. Why was he wearing a shirt? They should have just made him a smoker that was fit as fuck. <laughs> that That's the character I yeah, wanted. Yeah, I'm still a smoker, but every time uh, I, I want a cigarette, I have to do 20 push-ups. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say, every time I want a cigarette, I smoke a cigarette. <laughs> do what I want. Fuck off. Yeah, you're into that, that kind of guy. <laughs> Maybe it's that I saw Starship Troopers at such an impressionable age, because I know that I had like a... Chris O'Donnell type oh. reaction to him. An awakening. I'm like, I'm like, he's a cool, he's a great actor. <laughs> he's just, he's really good. And I should see more movies with him in it. And I wish I could, but he, he didn't act, like really break into the mainstream. No. The, you know, maybe being a man, an attractive man, it's harder to break into the mainstream because they can't just, uh, curry professional favoritism with uh sexual dalliances uh denise richards who i would say is 
equally hot as cat like the female equivalent to Casper Van Dien, both in Starship Troopers. She was able to sort of parlay that into other film successes, playing a, a nuclear scientist <laughs> in a James Bond movie. Uh-huh. Um, I'm sorry, a nuclear. I think I said nuclear. Um, I thought you did that on purpose. Oh. <laughs> you know, she could probably just like fling a hand J around and uh, me to it to success. <laughs> but I mean, Casper Van D just, uh, he's, he's got to find the right people to age he, He's like struggling to get into some movie producer's pants. They're like, no. No. <laughs> no, thanks. Terry Crews says that sexual harassment's on both sides. Right, but, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe Casper Van He just Dean can't just, give it away. Yeah. <laughs> oh, to be that casting agent. Poses a producer. <laughs> like catfish him. <laughs> Have I got a movie for you? I'd like you to come to my office for a reading. I just like slip him the script for like some like Glenn Close vehicle. Like I want you to play the lead. <laughs> Guaranteed Oscar. Oh, this man. is for a menopausal woman? I think you're perfect. <laughs> There is a there is a certain scene though that uh, we're gonna have to see if you can do. <laughs> we need to see if you can convincingly perform fellatio on your husband. <laughs> I'll be standing in as your husband <laughs> for this scene. And go. <laughs> wow, I'd be a just a champion skeezy movie producer. <laughs> They'd be me tooing you <laughs> all over the place. I'd be brought down so quickly. <laughs> Because you'd be like, yep. <laughs> yep. That's my handiwork. Right there. You're right. I'll be going now. I'm the reason Casper Van Dien didn't get famous. <laughs> anyway, he doesn't have a whole lot to do in this movie. It's a little sad, but he's I, just a I police almost officer. feel like his part was just written in so they could get something that resembled a big name in this movie. Yeah. Like, if you cut out the sheriff part, like, would you really miss a beat in this movie? I don't know. See, here's the thing I had. I have. I had a question for the very end of the movie, but I'm going to bring it up now because this scene where she's talking with uh, with Casper Van uh, Dean. Dean, he's like, you can take off, but there's a reason you need to stay. And it's like she's sitting upstairs in our playroom we have at the police station. And, uh, you know, that's the little girl that was her sister. So it's her niece, I suppose. Mm-hmm. This is the last time we see the niece until the end of the movie. Yeah. And it's like, where's she been the whole time? Like, her mom's dead. The cousin that was babysitting her is also presumably dead or missing. And so, you know, Annie's the one supposed to be taking care of her. We don't see her take care of her at all. Yeah, because spoiler alert, the sheriff dies. Yeah. He gets stabbed in the throat, which is also an admirable jump scare there. Yeah. Like, when, when he gets the knife in the throat. Like, I genuinely did not see that coming. Yeah, it comes out of nowhere. But that's the sort of, you know little minutia that these big picture filmmakers aren't concerned with. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There were a lot of those I had this time around. Like, <laughs> oh boy, they really didn't think that through. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't want to shit all over your pick, but while I was watching, I was like, why did Ryan pick this? I'll get there. I'll get there. Unless uh, you want me to tell you now. Well, I guess I, I have two big questions for you. Okay. Uh, one, why did you pick this? Okay. So go ahead and answer that one first. Sure. So the reason I picked it is uh, I watched this movie on someone's recommendation. I can't even remember who now. 
And uh, it was definitely a movie where when it was over, I was kind of like, okay, I mean, that's scary, but not that bad. But it was one of those things that embedded in my brain the idea that somebody could be living in your house without you knowing it. Mm. And that thought is really creepy to me. And it's not just like an irrational fear. This is something that actually happens. And there's like documented cases of it. Oh, really? Yeah. There's one uh, that I read about called the Spider-Man of Denver, where a guy was living in somebody's attic for years and would just like follow them around the house because he got off on like the, you know, being behind them and like them not knowing that he lived there. And eventually killed the dude, which is like Whoa. really creepy. Yeah, I, I, your next example is like there's this girl in Germany named Anne Frank who like lived <laughs> in the attic of this business. There's also one. His name's Daniel Laplante, and he like lived in this family's home, and he would terrorize them. Like he would like knock on the walls and things like that to scare the two girls who lived there. And at one point, he was like writing stuff on the walls and ketchup, and like their mom had died. And he like wore her wedding dress at one point and the dad came home when they were like the girls were freaked out and she was the Daniel Plant was in the wedding dress when the dad came home and was just like, I can't remember exactly what he said, but he had a hatchet when the dad came in and then the dad ran. I was like, we're calling the police right now. This is fucked up. See, but he was like living in their house, like terrorizing them. all so much scarier than this movie. I'm like wetting myself a little <laughs> bit while you're talking about this. But that's the thing is like, it had never crossed my mind that someone could just be living in your home without you knowing about it until I watched this movie. Like this movie is what planted that seed. Is in there my, brain. my favorite murder episode about that first one that you mentioned? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Actually, both of those. But um, there's ones that, that aren't, uh, you know, nefarious. Like there's an episode of Criminal that I listened to where it's just this woman who was living in Enumclaw of all places. Enumclaw. Uh, that's not exactly what I said. But, <laughs> uh, and uh, she like her story was that she was in an apartment, too, but it had like one of those uh, attic push uh, oh. spots. And uh, one night she was just tired. And so she turned off all the lights got into the bath and the only thing that was like lighting the house was one single candle. And from the bath, she could see that the panel was removed <gasps> above her. And she was like, okay, I have to leave right now. And so she just calmly got out, uh, you know, put on her robe. She knew that the person was hiding in her closet. Like there's the only place that person could have been, but she had to pass by the closet to get out of the apartment. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. And so she like calmly left the place, but like they, that person wasn't really doing anything except like, you know, they'd take her food once in a while. And like, they just, there's probably just, you know, a homeless person that needed shelter, but that one's really creepy because she had gotten a dog at some point mm -hmm. and the dog never barked or anything like that because she got the dog after she moved into that place. And so that person, like the sense of that person yeah. was already there. Yeah. So the dog, was acclimated to that person being Ugh. there. And then like, yeah, she'd go off to work and that and like, and the dog just thought like, oh, now it's time for my ceiling friend to come down and hang out with me. <laughs> Which is like, ah! I just, I hate the idea of somebody being in my house without me knowing it. As like an only child and someone who has like a phobia of roommates, like <laughs> this, like, like these stories, like are already like terrifying yeah. to me. Like, Ugh. I'm not good at sharing my space, so the idea that like I'm unwillingly sharing my space with someone or unknowingly sharing my space with someone, yeah, especially how often I masturbate in public areas, <laughs> that's terrifying. Oof. Yeah, and then like in this movie, there's uh, you know like 
holes in the wall that he would like spy on them in. Yeah. And like that stuff is just like, mm. see while watching this, cause this movie was so unremarkable that there had to be <laughs> something beyond face value that made you want to pick this. Yeah. And at first I was like, is this going to turn out that it was like filmed in my apartment complex or something? <laughs> like I wish. <laughs> oh man. Well, they, uh, they do say that at some point, like one of the characters like lives up in Seattle, Washington. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> And so I was like, is this based on a true story? Am I living in this building? <laughs> wow, wouldn't that be a twist? <laughs> the end of the movie is just like a webcam with like me, <laughs> like watching the movie. Uh, but yeah, that's my main reason is because this movie introduced me to that idea. And so now I have this terrifying idea that there could be somebody living in my place without me knowing it. Okay. Which, thank you. That thoroughly explains uh, question one. Uh-huh. Question two. What exactly is the titular pact? My best guess is that it was a pact between the mom and the brother who lived in the crawl space. Uh-huh. And that she's like, you can live here and be a serial killer, but you, you have to not let yourself ever be seen. Uh-huh. So the mom, though, seemed to be friends with this... Uh... Jennifer Glick, yeah. I think was was the name of of like the woman who's haunting the house. The Casper the ghost, yeah. <laughs> As opposed to Casper the Dean. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it like we look at pictures and it seemed like they were friends. Yeah. But there's also this implication that the mother was abusive or mistreated the children somehow. Yeah. Locked them in the closet, I'm assuming, but e- we don't really know. Yeah, there is that. It's like that's where, like they like the closet is referred to as the place where like they were put when they were bad. Yeah, and Stevie's like, I'm so sorry for what happened to you. What are you talking about? I can see in there. I can see what happened to you. It's horrible. But we don't know what those things. There couldn't were. be that much because it's very small. There's. Do we ever find out what happened to the father? I don't think so. No, they said that he ran away. Times got tough. He ran away. Oh, okay. And they don't know where he is. Sure. Like running away is a theme in my family or something. She says something yeah. Like and yeah. there's no real, they don't say like at what age the father ran away at or anything like that. A lot of times horror movies have uh, uh, parallels to dysfunctional family. We talked about this with Extro. Sure. Of course. Just a pillar of. Well executed ideas. Yeah. Um, but this, so it's like, there's, you know, themes of absent father, dysfunctional family. And in this specifically here is an uncle that no one knows about. Right. And so there's all this like ideas of like abuse and family trauma in the guise of like a ghost story. Yeah. There's also like sort of the theme of, you know, every family has its secrets. Like there's that secret room that they find and it's like in your home kind of thing. Yeah. And it's like ghosts are really easily a metaphor for like secrets from the past or, you know, uh, skeletons in the closet sort of thing like that. Like things that, you know, past trauma, past bad events or things that you're trying to hide. So it's like the, the ghost story aspect of this fits all well inside like that framework yeah it is sort of admirable to sort of like merge your type of horror movies like sure. it's we got seen, a lot yeah we I don't, we've got ghosts we've got ghosts doing things through technology yeah we've got a serial killer and there's sort of a mystery inside like linking these two things like yeah 
it's sort of yeah a, a mystery that links the ghost story up with the serial killer story right i mean none has really done that expertly no i think if they had started fresh maybe rather than trying to build off this 20-minute short that they'd made, it might have been more successful. I agree with you. Watching it this time, I was just like, there's a lot of ideas here, (laughs) and uh, it's not really all coming together. It felt like they kept trying to find ways to scare you rather than make a story. That's a very good way to put it, yeah. Because there's like, you know, there's the the stuff with like the ghost dropping a pin in Google Maps, and then like... (laughs) She goes to the place and she's looking on her phone and she can see the woman and she like looks one way, looks one other, and then the, the woman is changed on the picture. And then like, you know, uh, Casper the D is like <laughs> holding the camera up and he can see something creepy on the camera yeah. when he puts it away. It's not there. Yeah. So it's sort of like there's like a technology element to it. But too. even in that scene where it's like he's holding the camera up, it's like that's such an easy scene to film that they didn't do quite right. Like they, they show him like looking at the spot and like putting the camera up and then it cuts to him. Like, no, you have to like have him looking at the spot, put the camera up and like seeing the weird shit and then take the camera away again for the audience. I'm like, this is really basic here. guys. Yeah. Yeah. Like this, this isn't like flashy, big budget Hollywood studio filmmaking. (laughs) Like this is pretty, pretty easy. Like, you know, the there and back again technique basically that uh, this guy should have like maybe taken a class or two at film school (laughs) apparently he's been making movies for like a while too i looked at what else he's done though it's not like anything of note no but you should know at this point whatever no i mean i don't think this is a great movie or nor even like a great horror movie but like i said it introduces it introduced a scary thing to me that i had never thought of before yeah and i'll give you that because like the idea of someone living in your house especially for an extended period of time unknown yeah uh is pretty scary but i don't know there's just sort of weird things with the relationship because like they paint the mother as like being this horrible person but yet she seemed to be able to make friends and lead like a somewhat normal life like her and jennifer glick were like pregnant at the same time but like the pregnancy isn't really a thing i guess like did they also like what made the mom want to take her brother in like was it just like a a christian like am i my brother's keeper kind of thing yeah i like there's none of that that's explored like can we get a diary entry at least (laughs) or something like that like none of that well yeah one thing they show is Annie writing feverishly in a diary at the end. Right. But they don't actually show what she's writing. We don't know anything about it. And I was like, did she have like writer's block before? Was she having problems expressing herself before? And Is she an aspiring up. writer? Yeah, I just, it was weird to show a close up of her writing feverishly in a journal, but to have no explanation as to what she was writing or why she was writing. We don't get a lot of character development on Annie anyway. Like, what? what is she other than this daughter who ran away and like has to come back and deal with shit. In a lot of ways, we almost get more development on Nicole. Like we know she's got a daughter. We know that she abused drugs and we know that she comes from an abusive household, but like Annie, it's like, we know that she comes from an abusive household because she's Nicole's sister. Yeah. End of list. Yeah. I mean, Annie's just there to move the plot along really. And she's our main character. Yeah. She's just a pawn. (laughs) Yeah. It's frustrating. But yeah, so I guess I'm still struggling to, as to why this movie was called The Pact. Like, I mean, yeah. Supposedly p- there may have been an agreement between the mother and her brother. 
Well, then that begs the question, like, why is he still just living in the basement after she dies? <laughs> like, wouldn't you move out? He also, yeah. like, once they discover that secret room, which, it, it like, he gets into the secret room, which leads to the closet, which is his exit into the home. He knows that they've, like, torn down that wall so mm-hmm. he can just open the door and go out that way. He still doesn't go that way. Yeah. Creature of habit? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we shouldn't put too much stock into his logic as he is, like, a serial killer hermit. Sure, 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 sure. But, I don't know. It was odd. And then there's, like, the final scare at the end, which is, like, the least Uh, scary thing in the world. Why? I hated that. I hated that. Like, it it just made no sense. Like, they give no indication this guy has any sort of supernatural powers. He was shot in the head. And yet there's this little implication that he's still on the other side of that wall. No, it's dumb. I hated that. <laughs> <laughs> I also hated the the Ouija scene. <laughs> I had forgotten about it. And like once she started drawing on the floor, Stranger Things style. I was yeah. just like, give me a fucking break. Are we really doing this? Well, it was like Stevie was like, do you have anything that the deceased owned? And it's like, Two minutes earlier, we were introduced to the idea yeah. that this like cross necklace that she has once belonged to Jennifer Glick. I'm like, wow. I also had a problem with the fact that the ghost dropped the pin like not at the church. Why wouldn't the ghost just drop the pin at the church? Where did she drop the pin? Like close to it, like a park. I mean, it was the where the picture was taken the of tr- them when they were pregnant. Yeah. Which kind of makes sense, but it's also just like, why don't you just drop it on the church? Because she wanted her to go to the tree that was next to the church? Why? Isn't that what she wanted her to see? Was the tree? Because she had like her phone or something and was like looking at the picture of the Yeah, tree? but couldn't she just drop the pin at the church and then she could also appear at the church and be like, Ding, 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 over here. Ghosts, they're not Vanna White. (laughs) It's it's not like, it's not like when the ghost clue lights up that some ghost comes around and like turns it for the audience to see. Like, you got to figure out the whole word before they turn over any of them. (laughs) I don't understand ghost logic, so I'm not a ghost. (laughs) You're not Uh, a ghostologist? I'm not a ghostologist here. I don't know. Exactly how that's supposed to work. Your degree in spookology never. Uh, <laughs> I mean, off. I was impressed that they were able to drop a pin in Google Maps. So I, I guess that's good enough. Yeah, for like a woman who's never used Google before, she <laughs> sure knew her way. <laughs> oh yeah, good point. <laughs> Around mapping software. Died in the seventies or something. There was yeah. no internet. Um, so, I mean, speaking of the internet, what what did you think of uh, Joey's World of Death website? Oh, I mean, that looked like one of those webs, like a GeoCities website or something like that. That like, you know, in 1997, my goth friend would have made. Yeah, and I'm sure there still are websites like that around. And I actually looked up some of the serial killers. Like, there's a HH Holmes. Oh yeah. Oh, it's terrible. What was terrible? H.H. Holmes. Oh, yeah. No, I looked it up. I was like, oh, that's some shit. Oh, man. Um, Fucked up. He built a mansion with, like, hidden passageways so people get lost if they tried to escape and just, like, torture, torture, torture. Just a horrible human being. Yeah. And it was like, he was a serial killer, like, before the 20th century, which were very rare back then. Like, 
there's only like one or two serial killers per decade until like the 1940s. And then there's a huge uprising of them. Well, but then there's also like the possibility that, you know, there were serial killers, but they were just killing, you know, like prostitutes and things like that. And so the police were like, well, that's the lifestyle you chose. (laughs) Uh, That's a risk you take. I don't know. Jack the Ripper only killed (laughs) prostitutes, presumably. And, uh, you know, he's one of the most notorious serial killers ever. So That's true. I don't know. He could also just be like killing hobos. Yeah. We don't know. Now it's just like a time where we're realizing like, oh, maybe people do this more often than we know. There was another one on there. I can't remember now, but yeah. Joey's World of Death. I hope that's a real website. Did you did you go to that website? I didn't go to that website, okay. no. Should we look it up right now and just sure. see? Yeah. Okay. Let's see. I'm going to go to global.com. Oh, it just links. It just shows a bunch of like serial killer websites. It's not a real site. That's oh. too bad. It did show up in Google, so that's fun. Just based on the popularity of this film. No I doubt. guess, yeah. <laughs> There is a Pact 2, which I have not seen. Um, I rented it just in case. Oh, yeah. Did you watch it? No. I don't think you should. Yeah, I don't think I should either. Like, the just in case was like, just in case the Pact was really good. (laughs) (laughs) So you're saying it wasn't. (laughs) I'm saying it was not. No, I didn't find this movie particularly scary. I found it to have really mostly long stretches of boring... Acting was not interesting. Casper Van Dien was like Captain phoning it in. Yeah. It was a movie that when I watched it, it freaked me out. Not while watching it, but afterwards, thinking about the concept of it. And then watching it now with a critical eye, I realized, oh boy. <laughs> got a lot of problems here. One redeeming quality of this movie, it's that it's making me thirsty for something genuinely scary. Oh, good. <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe our next uh, selection of movies will do that. So next week, it's a double feature. This is gonna be our 90th GD episode. Hey, what did you see? <laughs> and us podcasting whippersnappers just, we're going to uncharted territory here. Yeah, we're doubling up. There was a lot of discussion on this one because it's right in the middle of Schlocktoberfest. We need to keep up the hex-rated boo these. But it's time to honor one of our favorite actresses. Yeah, so we had to pick someone who both fit in to Schlocktoberfest and was an actress that we just we just, we just love that bitch and it took some searching but we finally landed on Miss Angelica Houston the one and only <laughs> once the name was out there it was obvious yeah like this makes a lot of sense the scouting was over at that point it was like we have to honor Miss Angelica Houston in all her glory model turned actress daughter of Hollywood royalty and 
fabulous in every role she's in. She's a scene stealer. She's got that level of charisma, but she's got the acting chops to back it up. Mm. She's beautiful, but not in like a vanilla beautiful. Like she's exotic looking. Yeah. You know, she's got almost a scary sense about her. Yeah. Which makes it ideal for the two movies that we're going to talk about next week. There was a period in her career where she was exploring her darker side, and uh, we're happy to explore it with her. So next week, we'll be talking about the Addams Family and witches. I got chills just when you said that. (laughs) Two scary movies featuring a brilliant and talented actress. Mm. I'm really looking forward to watching both of them. We'll get into it. I can't wait. I'm really excited to watch these. I, I have so much to talk about because both these movies I watched a lot as a child. So not only will I speak to it as a you know well-informed adult, but uh, there's a nostalgia factor too that I'm, I, I want to dig into. Hmm. That might be a nice pivot point to next season. Put a pin in that, listener. A great big pin. Next week, we'll be doing uh, Angelica Huth. Then on and on. Ah, oh, damn. There's got to be something in there. We'll, we'll have something by next week. We'll workshop it. <laughs> With, uh, yeah, the witches and Adam's family. Yes. Uh, plug our junk. Get the fuck out. Yes, please. Twitter, at X-Rated Movies. Facebook, at Rated X Movies. Website, xratedmovies.com. Leave us love. Apple iTunes, Stitchers, wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, you know, iTunes.com backslash garbage file. <laughs> and if you want to contact us directly, x.rated.movies at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check your house for hidden compartments where people could live. Until next week, bye. Bye. <laughs>